The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We carry on through our day as if everything is just fine. But for many of us, it's merely a mask covering up all the emotion simmering just under the surface. Welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership with Shamin Sadiq. In this program, you'll hear from others who face the same adversities in life as the rest of us. But these individuals have redirected their energies to creating extraordinary ideas and concepts. Find out what they are and what's behind the motive. Now, here is your host, Shamin Sadiq. Hello, and welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm your host, Shamin Sadiq, and you're listening to this today on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. So the topic for today is the journey. And uh, I thought I'd begin with a, a beautiful poem written by Mary Oliver entitled The Same, The Journey. Let me start with this. One day, you finally knew what you had to do and began. Though the voices around you kept shouting their bad advice, though the whole house began to tremble and you felt the old tug at your ankles. Mend my life, each voice cried, but you didn't stop. You knew what you had to do. Though the wind pried with its stiff fingers at the very foundations, though their melancholy was terrible, it was already late enough and a wild night and the road full of fallen branches and stones. But little by little, as you left their voices behind, the stars began to burn through the sheets of clouds, and there was a new voice, which you slowly recognized as your own, that kept you company as you strode deeper and deeper into the world, determined to do the only thing you could do, determined to save the only life you could save. I feel like the journey that Mary Oliver speaks to in this powerful poem is one to note. It is a courageous journey. It asks much of us. It asks us to leave what is old and comfortable, uh, maybe taking the best from that, but to turn to a new way. And I'm so inspired by two teams that I worked with recently who have embarked on this journey. Now, in my line of work, I sometimes see people once or twice. Sometimes I coach people for years uh, ongoingly. Sometimes they take a break and they come back. But very rarely is it that I coach someone or a team, that I work with a team for a period of time and then a year later have the privilege of being with them again. And I'm so fortunate that in, in this, this month, I am having that experience twice. And I wanted to tell you about one of them without naming any names, but just to speak of the courageous journey that I've observed these, these people embarking on. In both cases... 
these teams were very toxic. They were leadership teams that had a fair amount of dysfunction and toxicity. And by that, I mean relationship toxicity. It's the simple stuff. Nobody's struggling with their technical competency. It's the, the relationship things that they're struggling with. And what they both were experiencing was their own form of this, what I call um, cheap harmony. Cheap harmony is when we, to someone's face, say one thing and then turn around and say something else about them. And we don't have the authentic conversation with that person in the moment when the issue arises, when something happens. Uh, rather, we, we talk about it in the bathroom or in the parking lot or in the pub after work, maybe with coworkers, uh, maybe with direct reports. Both of those uh, choices of who to speak to other than the person that you have the issue with are so damaging this causes so much damage. And so these clients arrived into my care, both of them in the past year, in that sort of situation. I knew that that's what was going on. They individually shared with me that that was what was going on. And they were all very afraid to have the conversation together. The one that would require, the one that was required in order to get through this toxic, dysfunctional way and to find a new way. And so we journeyed into the fire together. We sat together. We co-created container. I call it container. Uh, I don't call it that. I didn't give it that name. So, uh, then it's a word that's in the in the field. Um, and I experienced it many many times where humans gather together in a circle and co-create a safe space in which anything is possible, in which all conversations are welcome. The difficult ones, the blaming ones, the uh, fearful ones, the angry ones, the joyful ones, the passionate conversations, all of this can be held when we can come together and create this safe space together. And so both of these teams were willing to do that, willing to do that, and I was, I was with them, um, their partner in the journey. And what I was so heartened to see is that their willingness to engage in that kind of sitting together in the fire for the time that we spent together in the past year has actually made a difference. That's the part that, to me, is amazing. Um, And it shouldn't be because why else would I be doing what I'm doing? Of course, I expect it to make a difference. But to actually have um, a pause over a year, a break, and to stay in connection but not be with them together in that same circle to come back a year later and see how far they had journeyed has been so incredibly inspiring. So here's something that I wrote. I wanted to share something that I wrote to one of these teams um, after being with them. What a pleasure and privilege it was to be with you in your these past in these past days. So much has changed since we were last together. Congratulations on your progress on the journey so far. From the moment we began this conversation, it was apparent to me that the commitments you made last year with each other to assume positive intent and engage in authentic and open dialogue have served you very well. Small acts of courage, like choosing to have a conversation directly with another rather than talking about them with a third party, assuming the best about another even when they are not at their best, accepting that we are all works in progress, laughing with yourselves and each other, and sometimes at yourselves and with each other, have added up to enormous gains. 
Your willingness to engage with each other in these new ways, despite the discomfort and challenge, resisting the temptation to revert to old ways, sliding backwards at times, and then re-choosing the new, has brought you to a new level. Our time together this week was very wisely spent. It is an, it is an essential act of leadership, one that is sadly often neglected, to pause, take stock, and celebrate the journey so far. You've empowered and enlivened yourselves to move forward from here. Our conversations about stepping into what is next for you were powerful. Building on the relationship, caring, and connection that you've cultivated, your work now is to stretch into more range by adding clarity, decisive, and the courage to be fiercely authentic, all in service of your vision. Your desire to serve your organization, your clients, and your customers is palpable and inspiring. And you know you cannot do it alone. And then I shared the poem with them, the one that I read earlier uh, in the show. And so this is what I see has happened with both of these teams. They have actually been willing to engage in the difficult work of trying a new way. And the new way for them was to shift from being superficial and polite in person to being a bit fiery with each other, to taking the risk to go to another and say, I didn't like what, what you said or, or what you said confused me. I'm curious about it. It doesn't really resonate. I need to understand more. Or saying, this is how I felt when this happened. What can we do about this together? This is the kind of conversation that these folks engaged in that took them from where they were where they couldn't be very effective for the people that they work for. And by that, I mean the people who report to them. That's who they work for. They don't work for their bosses. They report to their bosses. But they actually work for the people who are looking to them to lead. And their job was not easy to do when they weren't even in conscious and intentional and positive relationship with each other. And so what they've done is they've taken themselves to the next level to a new platform, if you like. It's inspiring for me to be able to see this from the outside. I, I come in, I join with them for a, a certain amount of time, then I, then I go on and carry on with my other clients and come back to see them. Uh, it was like being with a, I won't say a different team, but it's like being with an upgraded team or an evolved team or the next evolution of the team. And I'm just... I can't, I can't say enough how inspiring it has been for me to, to watch that. I guess there's another piece here that's important for me to talk about, and that is that I swim in, a, in the water of leadership, in the water of spirituality and, and our essential nature and, and gifts and strengths and transforming ourselves from ineffective ways of operating to more effective ways of operating. This is the water I swim in daily. It's the vocabulary that I speak, it's the language that I speak with my colleagues and my clients, and although it's foreign to some at the beginning, it soon becomes our collective way of speaking about ourselves. And I sometimes forget how unusual that is, how, uh, how that's not the norm for most of us. It is for me, it's not really for everybody else. I, I am surprised over and over again by how 
that vocabulary language invitation how it impacts, how it affects, how it influences and, and assists in the, in the change that I think so many would be well served by. It's hard for me to talk about this because it makes me feel as if I'm, I'm claiming some responsibility for things changing or being better. And I don't want to claim all of the responsibility because it is absolutely the people who decide to take these acts of courage and change their ways. Uh, they are the ones that deserve all the credit. But there's a little bit of credit that I want to claim as well, and that is for facilitating and guiding and um, listening, listening and being with them. In this particular in one of these teams, uh, there was a significant amount of loss that has been experienced by a, a number of individuals on the team. And it was heartening for me to see how, how much caring and compassion there was with the members of this team for each other. Another indication of their journey, how far they have journeyed. Now, the interesting thing is they could say to themselves, well, we've been at this you know, she came, we, she worked with us, she got us through the, the fire, and we're ready to move forward. We don't need her anymore. We're good. They asked me to come back for, you know, a check-in, a tune-up, a continuation. And what I realize is there is so much more for them now that is possible because of what they did. So, again, this notion of journey... I don't think that the point is to get to any particular destination. I think that there is so much value in the actual journey and in naming at certain times, here, we are here now. Oh, look, we've climbed halfway up this mountain or a third of the way up this mountain and we are standing here. I can turn, we can turn and look back and see where did we come from. Oh, look, we started way down there. Look at this winding path that we took. We had to cross some rocky terrain. We had to wade through some, some water, perhaps, maybe some rough water on the way. We got tossed around a bit. Maybe there was a storm or two. But now we're here. And from here, this isn't the end. We may have looked up from the bottom and thought that this would be the end, but it's just the platform for what's next. I don't know. Maybe this is simple stuff that makes sense to, to all of you who are listening. But to me, it was a revelation. You mean four years ago, I set a vision for myself, and now I find myself living that vision. That's not the end? Wow, there's something next for me? Oh my gosh. For me, that was a revelation. And for this team, uh, one in particular and the other one as well, we have they have come to a place of being so well poised to move forward to the next step, the next level, the next place along the journey. And the opportunity for them now is now that they've gotten their own house in order is to turn, to turn outwards and say, let's engage the rest of the organization. Let's see what we can do together. All of us, what can we create that matters so much to us that we do anything to make it happen that we never could have created by ourselves? No way could we have done that alone. I have three segments in this show, and I wanted to make sure that in the first segment I talked about 
others, others than me, I mean, someone who isn't me. In the second segment, which we're going to we're going to come back to after this break that's upcoming, I want to talk more about my own reflection, how my experience with these teams has had me reflect on my own journey. And in the third segment of our show today, I want to talk about this from a world lens because there's so much unrest, there's so much war, there's so much discontent uh, out there. How is that a reflection of the journey that we individually and with our close circles are are walking through. So we're about to go to a break. Before we do, though, I want to invite you to send me an email at shamin, S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N, at anjaliLeadership.com. That's A-N-J-A-L-I, leadership.com. And tell me what topics you'd like me to cover in the coming weeks on Stories from the Heart of Leadership. And if you have a, a guest, if you would like to be a guest or you know someone who you think I should be talking to, send me an, a recommendation or, or a, um introduction to that person. I'd be so delighted. So we are about to go to a break. And when we come back, I'll be talking more about the journey and my own reflections. This is Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm Shamin Sadik, and we'll be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Could your business be doing better? In today's economy, results are dependent on your leaders. And you know effective leaders outperform ineffective leaders every time. The Leadership Circle Profile Assessment enhances effectiveness in leadership. It's the only 360 that reveals what's going on with your manager, why it's happening, and what actions to take for positive change. Want to improve business? We have the system and the breakthrough tools to make it happen. For a free demo, visit theleadershipcircle.com. Do you or somebody you love have a struggle with abuse? You don't need to be a slave to your abuse anymore. Listen for Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything with Dr. Lisa Cooney. Dr. Lisa overcame struggles in her own life. Two decades of sexual, emotional, and physical abuse nearly took their toll. In her 20s, she turned her life around and set upon a path to help others. She can help you find the key to take control of your life, too. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. There are 13 unbreakable habits of truly enlightened people. These life-changing habits are discussed on Dream the Life, Live the Dream with Dr. Yomi Garnett. We'll offer an excursion in self-discovery, along with wisdom that will allow you to stay on the correct path toward your destiny. You can find excellence in your life. Tune in every Thursday at 7 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time. That's 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for this exciting transformational journey. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamin an email. Her email address is shamin at anjaliLeadership.com. That's S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N 
at anjaliadership.com. Now, back to stories from the heart of leadership. Welcome back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm your host, Shamin Sadik, and we're talking today about the journey. So in the earlier segment of the show, I was talking about some teams that I've worked with, some clients that I've worked with and their journey and how they have gone from, from some sort of dysfunction to something much more functional, something much more relationship-oriented with a lot more caring, a lot more connection and how that has them poised on a platform for something even more extraordinary. And I've been noticing the same thing about myself. I, four years ago, maybe more than four years ago, maybe seven years ago, I had a vision. And the vision was that I would be living with love and joy with my kids, that I would be engaged in work that I love, that I would have clients who I adore. I would be doing work that empowered them and was powerful for them to help them move forward and create whatever it was that mattered to them, either in their own lives or in their work lives or in both, uh, preferably in both. And I find that I'm here doing that. And it's so funny because a few weeks ago, I heard myself complaining. I was complaining about having too much work, too much on the calendar, too much going on, concerned about the summer. I was going to be tired. The kids didn't want to go to camp. How was I going to work and have them at home at the same time? And the person I was speaking to in this complaining way was... was um, authentic enough to say to me, wow, listen to what you're saying. Look at where you've come from, how far you've traveled. Look at where you are right now and you're complaining about it. Wow, how is that serving you? And he pointed out that there are many who are not as fortunate as me, many who don't have the the type of uh, passion for the work that they're doing, many who feel... Uh, don't feel as joyous, many who maybe make less money. Uh, There are many, many scales to measure success and happiness on. And he was pointing out that I've got a lot to be grateful for. And he was right. I do. I also want to acknowledge that every human being, no matter what their circumstances, occasionally gets overwhelmed and tired. And so I'm going to give myself permission to uh, forgive myself for the part of me that was complaining because of overwhelm. But to remember as well that he's right. I have much to be grateful for. And so it's been sort of hard for me because as I'm standing here in this place, having created what I set out to create uh, and realizing it's not the end, that there is something next, I've been a bit afraid. So I was uh, blessed to be nominated for an RBC Canadian Women Entrepreneur Award. The deadline to apply is fast approaching and I have my application somewhat completed uh, but not quite and when I was when I was nominated for this award I was flattered of course I was pleased and flattered to see that somebody thought enough of me to actually uh, propose that I should be considered for this award my second thought was I'm too small for an award like that so I shouldn't really bother because I have a very small business it's just me you know I'm part of larger groups like the full circle group and leadership circle but it's just me here doing my work you know who's going to care about that my third thought was it's a lot of work to apply for this award and I'm not going to do it if it's just about me anyway cuz I don't I don't need I don't need an award to know that I'm okay. I don't need an award to feel valuable. I feel pretty good about who I am and, and what I'm up to right now. 
But the fourth thought I had was the power circles for kids, which I've referenced in other shows on stories from the heart of leadership. That program is what could benefit from this application. And so I decided that I would apply for the award, and I'm really, really busy these days trying to get that done. And I decided to set uh, all my concerns aside. So I don't care about the ego part of it. I, I'm not concerned about that. If I, if, if I win, great. If I don't, that's fine. What I see is that by applying and by putting this out into the world in a, in a more public way, I could attract some of the things that I might need to get this off the ground because I, just like the team that I was talking about in the first segment, I can't do this by myself. There is no way that I could possibly serve all the kids that could be served by the power circles by myself. No way. I'm doing it in one school. I'd like to do it in some more. So if any of you as listeners have connections to schools that would be willing to play with me uh, and pilot the power circles in their schools, it's for kids in elementary school in grades four, five, six, seven, and 8. So yes, I can serve in, in a few schools. I can do it single-handedly for sure and in partnership, of course, with the school and hopefully with a teacher who wants to be a champion for it in the school. But I can't do it on a larger scale by myself. I'm going to need people to deliver the program alongside me. I'm going to need to teach them what the program is and how to deliver it. I'm going to need some funding. I'm going to need some potentially some corporate investors who are willing to put their name to my program and add, and put some dollars towards it to help me to help me take it forward, to make it accessible to children in all schools if it's if it's desired. And I'm going to need some advice because I have been a, co- a company of one and I can see this potentially requiring my business to grow to a larger business that has a few employees and a lot of delivery personnel. I don't know how to do that. I've got some solid leadership skills myself, I hope. <laughs> I've been teaching and guiding people in developing their own leadership, so presumably I've got some skills and ability of my own. But I don't know everything yet, and I don't think I ever will. And so I decided that by applying, I might expose the program to people who would be interested and willing to help in whatever way they could. And so if if you think that you can help in any of the ways that I just named, or even in some ways that I haven't named because I don't know what I don't know, I would be so grateful for your your contact and your, um, your, your assistance. But anyway, I, I was thinking about that as, you know, this is the next thing for me. I'm, I'm poised on this platform and this is what's next is to, is to really let myself be pulled more fully into the next part of my vision, which I've been resisting. And I've been afraid for a number of other reasons. But the main reason that I've been afraid is I sometimes think if I step into what's next, then it negates everything that I've done so far. And I am thankfully, I'm not thinking that way anymore. I'm starting to realize that everything that I've done has led me to here. And this is the place that will more powerfully launch me into whatever is next. And so it doesn't negate, it actually includes, celebrates, and incorporates everything that's happened so far. So that's on the work front. But I've been noticing that on the personal front, I'm not quite as far along as I am in some of my career um, ways. I, I show up to work 
uh, pretty creative, pretty powerful, fairly grounded. I don't get knocked off my game uh, very often. It does happen. Of course it does. I'm human and everybody gets knocked off their game from time to time, but I'm able to recover fairly quickly in the work realm. In the personal realm, I'm a little lagging. (laughs) I have a bit of trouble getting back to center when I get knocked off. I have a tendency sometimes to put my center outside of me and put it in someone else. Um, and that, that never, never unfolds very well. So one of the people that I've been working with recently has suffered a loss. And he asked me when we were together, he said, what can I do? What can I do to support um, the parents of a baby that died very, very young? What can I do to support them? And I said, I don't know. I said, I'm not sure. I, other than holding space and being present with them and, and sitting with them, listening to them, and just being there with them in the muck of the grief and the pain and the anguish that they must be feeling to sit beside them um, feels like enough. It feels like a lot. feels like all and feels inadequate, of course, as well. Because wouldn't it be better to be able to fix it, to make them feel better, to make it not have happened, of course. But as I was sitting with my response to his question, I was, I was feeling a bit incomplete with my response. I felt like it was a, it covered a lot. Um, there isn't much one can do other than sit beside someone in in the midst of whatever emotion and experience they're having. That's the best way to be supportive. But there is something else too, and I call it um, what do I call it? Practice to get through the day. A practice to get through the day. And I don't know. Um, I offer it as an experiment. It has worked for me at times. And so here's the connection back to what I was talking about with myself and my own journey. When I get knocked off my game in my personal life, I go to some pretty dark places pretty fast. I go to the place where uh, obviously this relationship must be over. I made a mistake. I'm going to be sent away. I was bad. Now I'm going to be cut off. I'm going to be alone. It means I have no value. I, I sink to those kinds of depths and I can tell when I'm there, uh, not because I'm really consciously thinking those thoughts, but more because I can feel this body sensation. And I invite you to think of your own body sensation. What do you feel when things get hard, when disappointments happen, when you get knocked off your game? And I'm not not talking about a small disappointment. I'm talking about something that knocks you right off where you can't recover for a certain amount of time. Um, just notice the body sensation that goes with it because it's a good it's a good thing to be aware of so that you can catch yourself in these places uh, later. But for me, I feel it in my chest. It feels like a burning kind of sensation in my chest. It starts right in the middle, kind of in my heart, and it kind of radiates outward. And I actually have this physical sensation, this tingling, burning feeling that, that radiates out in a circle. And when I have that feeling, then it's followed quickly by a drop in my stomach. And then I begin to um, lose it. <laughs> lose it is the only way I can talk about this. It's um, what I mean by lose it. I don't mean that I fly off the deep end. I don't mean that I start screaming at people. That's not my version of losing it uh, in this scenario. Um, with my kids, perhaps sometimes. And unfortunately, I'm not perfect in that realm either. Still working on that. So the um, the the losing it for me is I lose I lose my ability to be um, to see things any other way, and social 
it's not social media, but devices, devices and texting and emailing and all the ways in which we can communicate with people very quickly become something I should stay far, far away from because I could send a text in a moment of anguish or a moment of upset that is really uh, can be vicious, can be harsh, can be detrimental and damaging to relationship. Just like my team that I was telling you about uh, who did things that damaged relationship and had to repair, I've had to do the same with myself in relationships in my life. And so I continue to work on this. I, Like I said, I'm not perfect. I do know that I'm a work in progress and I believe that we all are. And it's something my own uh, coach and energy therapists uh, continue to point me back to is that I am a work in progress. But I'm also at the point where I'm saying, yes, I am. And I'd really like to put some attention here. So it's happened a few times in the last few weeks. I'd like that not to be the case anymore. I'd like to try something different. And so I, I, when speaking to this person who was asking me about how to help someone with their grief and how to deal with his own grief, I said to him, you know, there is something else. There is something else you can do, and I call it a practice to get you through the day. And here's what it is. I've been practicing it with myself, and it does help. Find the smallest thing that is true to appreciate and acknowledge, and then remind yourself of that. So the smallest thing. So for me, this is the way that my practice to get me through the day works. And it's maybe not a practice for the day. It might just be a practice to get me through the moment. It's one that I should stick on my cell phone so that I can do that instead of sending a text message when I've lost it. So here's the practice. Breathe. That in and of itself would probably do wonders for most of us. Breathe. Remind yourself, in this moment, I am okay. In this moment, I am okay. And then find something else to acknowledge, something small and specific. I have a roof over my head. That's one of mine. In this moment, I am okay. I have a roof over my head. Something else to acknowledge. I have food to eat. All right, I'm okay. I, I live in a house. There's, there's a roof over my head. I have a place to come home to. I've got food to eat. What else? There are people who love me. Even if I'm concerned that this particular person doesn't love me anymore, there are others. There are my family members. There are my dear friends, my colleagues, even my clients, my children. There are people who love me. In this moment, I am breathing. The earth is solid under my feet. I am okay. Though the emotion feels unbearable and the grief so great... I am okay. I can breathe. I can sit. I can cry. I can walk. I am okay. So I offer that to you. If it is useful to you, take it. Use it. Play the recording of this this show over and over again in those difficult moments, in those moments when you've lost it or when you're about to lose it or when something terrible happens. It doesn't change what happened. It doesn't take away whatever happened to cause the grief. And I don't know if it's going to change the outcome, but at least it will get you through that moment. In this moment, I am okay. I shorten it sometimes to that. So, 
segment two is coming to a close. And when we come back from the break, I want to talk about all of this in a world lens. This is Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm your host, Shamin Sadik, and we'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Could your business be doing better? In today's economy, results are dependent on your leaders. And you know, effective leaders outperform ineffective leaders every time. The Leadership Circle Profile Assessment enhances effectiveness in leadership. It's the only 360 that reveals what's going on with your manager, why it's happening, and what actions to take for positive change. Want to improve business? We have the system and the breakthrough tools to make it happen. For a free demo, visit theleadershipcircle.com. Master your reality and manifest your desires effortlessly. Listen to The Trivetti Effect to find out how raising your level of consciousness can totally transform every aspect of your life. Hosted by Mahendra Kumar Trivedi with Trivedi Master Alice Branton. Our program will spotlight the nearly 4,000 documented scientific studies that have proven the transformational impact of this energy extends beyond humans to all living and even non-living matter. Tune in Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel or Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamin an email. Her email address is shamin at anjaliLeadership.com. That's S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N at A-N-J-A-L-I leadership.com. Now, back to stories from the heart of leadership. Welcome back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm your host, Shamin Sadik, and our topic today is the journey. So before I launch into the final segment of the show, let me acknowledge my sponsors, Jim Anderson and Dan Holden, two of my colleagues with whom I have had a conversation on a previous show. It was called The Grace of Not Knowing, and if you haven't listened to it, um, take a listen and, and see what you think. These are two men that I am so, so fortunate to be in relationship with. Uh, They've been mentors, they are guides, they are colleagues, they are friends, they are beloved people in my life, and I will always, always treasure um, the time that I have spent with them and the time to come that we'll spend together. If you want to find Jim, you can do so at fit2lead.com. That's F-I-T-T-O-L-E-A-D.com. And if you want to find Dan Holden, you can go to DanielHoldenAssociates.com. As well, I'm so honored and delighted to be a member of the Leadership Circle and the Full Circle Group, who are my other sponsors. They, uh, This is one company, actually, with two arms. And I'm just so honored to be associated with this this company. A lot of the frames that I'm speaking from uh, are the frames that we work from in the Leadership Circle and the Full Circle Group. And so I offer my special um, 
acknowledgement to my dear friend, Bob Anderson, who's the founder of the Leadership Circle, who actually put this frame together that you often hear me speaking from. I met him in 2007 when I went to get certified in his, in his tools, his assessment technology, the Leadership Circle, and it changed my entire life. And it so deeply resonated with me that I made a, a very firm decision at that moment that this was the work that I was going to use to take myself forward. So when I talk about how my, my vision a few years ago has come into reality, part of what sparked that vision was, was meeting Bob and, and learning the Leadership Circle and, in, and then beginning to integrate what I had learned. So, so my producer today, uh, my, not my producer, my engineer today and I were speaking during the break and she was saying, I was asking her, you know, is what I'm saying very useful to you? Does it sound good? Is it, is, you know, cause I'm talking to myself here. It's sort of funny to be doing that. And she said, oh, it's very powerful. And I, I think that her acknowledgement of that is a testament to, to a lot of things, uh, all the work that comprises the leadership circle, all of the powerful frameworks that are inherent in it, Bob for pulling it all together into one elegant picture, the entire group of of people who are part of the leadership circle and the full circle group, which includes Jim and Dan, who I was acknowledging a moment ago, and then my own commitment to myself and my my development and using something that resonated with me to to offer my gift uh, out out in the world in in whatever realm I have offered it and whatever realms are to come. So it's a, it's a real testament to all of that. So. I was pulling out some things before the show to share with you to, you know, I'm always thinking about what is my topic and what am I going to talk about? And if there's no guest, it's a bit challenging to to talk by myself. But I continually try to remind myself that I am speaking to you who's listening. And so even though you're not speaking with me at the moment, um, it's as if we're in a dialogue together. And I was reading a book called How to Be Compassionate by the Dalai Lama. And I started to pull out quotes, quotes that really moved me. Um, Both of them are relevant to this third segment of the show. In truth, he says, you and I already know each other profoundly as human beings who share the same basic goals. We all seek happiness and we do not want suffering. I look around at what is happening in the world today and I am astounded at how we forget. You and I already know each other as human beings who share the same basic goals. We have forgotten. And look at Syria. Look at what's happening in Gaza. Look at the Ukraine, the shooting down of the jet last week. Have we forgotten that we are all human beings who share the same basic goals? We all seek happiness and we do not want suffering. And it baffles me to see how we create suffering for each other, how we unleash suffering upon each other, how we unleash ourselves and attack. It baffles me and yet it doesn't. It doesn't. Because I know that I can do the same in that that reactive moment when I send an angry text message. I am doing the same thing as those who are warring in those parts of the world and others. Those are not the only examples. Those are just the three that are particularly present in the news these days. And so I'm baffled and I'm not. I am disappointed 
and I'm disheartened by it. And I also know that it begins with us as individuals. What would it take for each of us to remember that? The other thing that the Dalai Lama says is we must educate our young children in the practice of compassion on a worldwide scale. Yes. Yes. We must do that. It's what I want for for the power circles for kids is for that to be one of the things that that does. Educates our children in the practice of compassion on a worldwide scale. And I'd like to take it even a, a little further than that. It's, it's more than educating them about it. It's building it within them. It's helping them to, to find compassion, to find connection, to find the ways in which they can hold another as much more alike than they are different. It all goes back to what I started with in the show when I was telling you about these toxic teams, these dysfunctional relationships that were happening. We, have, we forget all the time that we're the same. We forget that we all want the same things. I mean, think about it for a minute. What do you want? What do you want in your day-to-day life? What really matters? Roof over your head, food on the table, happy kids, a, a decent relationship with your partner, a joyous relationship with your partner, close connections with family and friends. We all want that. A mother in Gaza wants that too. So does a father in Israel. So does someone in Syria. And so did those people on that jet. We all want the same things. Why is it so hard to remember that? I don't know what the answer is. I think it has to do with being human. In fact, I'm sure it has to do with being human. And I'm not sure whether to cry, bemoan it, doggedly move forward, or celebrate. And maybe it's a bit of all of that. I'm not celebrating the suffering, but celebrating our humanness. And hopeful that if each of us could, if each of you, and and I, I, I invite us all to do this, could each day, just for five minutes in the morning, or just for one minute in the morning, remember that we all want the same things. How would that make our days different? It's not about what we deserve. It's not about who did something wrong. It's not about any of that. We all want the same things. If we could tap into that every morning, what would be different? I invite you to try it as an experiment. And I, I don't receive a lot of emails from listeners. Um, I have many in my circle who, who email me regularly to say that they enjoy the show. Uh, but th- I know that there are more listeners than my own small circle. You know, each of us have a circle of about 500 people. I don't know, my, my circle is about 500 people, I guess. If I looked at my LinkedIn contacts or my Facebook friends, there's probably about 500 in each. I have about 500 people on my e-newsletter mailing list. So um, I know that I have more listeners than that. Tell me, how does this invitation that I've just issued for you to sit every morning for a minute You don't even have to sit. Just think of this in the morning when you wake up. We all want the same things. We have the same basic goals. We want to be happy. We don't want to suffer. If you could remind yourself of that every morning, that only took 10 seconds for me to say that. And just do that daily for two weeks. Send me an email and let me know what what happens. 
What's different for you because of that? Is anything different? Does it mean anything to you at all? Does it make a difference? Has anybody noticed anything different about you? Do you go about your day with more ease? Do you go about your day with more peace? Is it easier to resist sending an angry text message once you've incorporated that practice? Tell me, tell me what happens when you try it. Again, I'll give you my email address. It's Shamin, S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N, at AnjaliLeadership.com. And you can also find me on Facebook and on Twitter, all by my name. Oh, and LinkedIn as well. We can connect there too. You can sign up for my e-newsletter at my website, AnjaliLeadership.com. That's A-N-J-A-L-I, Leadership.com, and stay in, in dialogue with me that way. I write a newsletter about once a month, and I send it out by email. And uh, it usually has whatever I'm experiencing at the moment, some reflection on that. And it's all in service of leadership, but even bigger than that, it's about joining what I want for us is to join with each other, to join together, to, it doesn't mean that you have to love everyone, it doesn't mean you have to be best friends with everyone, but to have compassion for each other as human beings, that's what I mean by joining, to not hold ourselves as separate from another. When you look at someone who you hate or who you're angry with, try to remember that they have a child, they have a parent. They have people in their lives who love them and whom they love, just like you. If you feel like you're alone and you don't have anyone to speak to, um, two things. You, I bet there's one person. I bet there's one person you know who you can talk to. And also know that there are others who feel the way you do too. You are not the only one having whatever experience it is that you are having. And if we can remember that, if we can remember our common human heritage, I wonder what would be different. And so I wanted to finish the show today with, um, uh, I guess, a meditation. Let's call it a meditation or an experience of sorts. And it has to do with oh, everything <laughs> that we've been talking about today. Um, and really about, from here, what would you like to create And so I invite you to sit with your feet flat on the floor and to just close your eyes for a moment. This will only take about three minutes. And just um, see if you can, even with your feet on the floor, imagine that you have some roots that are going down into the earth. The point is to get grounded here. And if you want a longer version of this, send me an email and I'll send one to you. Uh, I have a recording that's about 20 minutes long. Just take a couple of deep breaths here and any tension or upset that you feel in your body or pain or just notice what's there and let it go out through your feet. See if some of that excess energy or anxiety or excitement or nervous energy can just expel itself out through your feet as you exhale. And as we sit here together, beginning to be grounded, breathing, remembering that we're okay, being grateful for all the small things that are true in our lives, food over food on the table, a roof over our heads, and hey, many people don't even have that. So if you have that, wow, so much to be grateful for. People in your life whom you love and who love you. I ask you to imagine yourself from this place forward, living your life with joy, with grace, with ease, with compassion, 
What would you be doing every day if this was true? What would it feel like when you woke up in the morning? How would you speak to your spouse and children? What would you spend your time on at work? And what would you be working in service of? What is the thing that matters so much to you that you'd do anything to make it happen? Maybe you have a sense of something that you want to create that you haven't started yet. Or maybe there's something that you feel is pulling you. It may not be what you're up to today. That's okay. I want you to trust that whatever you've done up until this point, whatever experiences you've had, whatever accomplishments you've achieved have brought you to this place. And from here, something else is possible. And just imagine yourself living in that compassionate, graceful ease, doing things that you love to do, offering the gifts that you're here to offer. And notice what you notice. It's a short experience that we've just had of this visualization. And like I said, if you want a longer version of it, let me know and I'd be happy to send one to you. In the meantime, I invite you to consider this question, these questions. Um, What would you create if anything was possible? What would you do? And secondly, can you in, in, uh, integrate this practice that I've invited you into of sitting every morning and tapping into our common human heritage? Notice what happens if you decide to take up my invitation and do that for a couple of weeks. Notice what happens and let me know. Well, it's time to bring the show to a close. It's been a pleasure to be with you. I wish you a wonderful day and an amazing week. I look forward to hearing from you. I invite you to connect, and I will see you next time. Until then, I'm Shamin Sadiq, and this is Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us today for Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Shamin Sadiq will be back next Monday with another extraordinary guest at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope you'll come back as well. Have a terrific week. And remember, you are not alone. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.